If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I wanna make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pulled back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3X increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from 8,000 per month, for example, to 20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Menches, and I can't wait to dive into today's show. It's a blast from the past moment, full circle. I have Ron Hurst with me here today, and he's going to tell his story in a little bit, and I'm going to share his bio. I just want to say hello, Ron. Welcome to the Double Your Sales Now show. Like, when we first met, did you think we'd be having this moment? Oh, my gosh, no. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you today. I'm really excited. I mean, just the gratitude that I have of the time we spent together back in 2009. It's, I didn't expect this at all. So thank you. I love that so much. And um, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But just getting your message really, it made my whole 2019 because, you know, as service providers and people who are supporting other human beings, like we can be so into it. We can sometimes forget what really matters. And having like hearing from you 10 years later, hearing that you still have your sales camp binder, hearing that like there was this money piece that came up. So we'll talk about that today. I just want to say Thanks for being here. And um, I have a few few things I want to share with our listeners, and then I'll tell everybody who you are. So I want to say thank you to our listeners all over the world. I love getting your emails. You can email me directly at contact at salescoachnow.com. Email me if you have any questions, sales questions. I'd love to answer them on the show. We're going to have some of those shows coming up in 2020. So let me know if you're stuck. Also, if you haven't yet, go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. Six Secrets to Doubling Your Sales. It's a PDF. You can download it. So if you're having a rough month in selling, just print it out. Keep it in front of you. It'll give you that extra boost. Also, I would love to partner with you on your next event, conference, or sales training. I just finished a sales training this week, private sales training at a corporation. It was so much fun. We blasted through their limiting beliefs. We talked about how to get to the next level in sales. I'd love to do that with your team as well. And you can learn more at UrsulaMentis.com. I'll spell it U-R-S-U-L-A-M-E-N-T-J-E-S.com. You can see all my latest keynotes and click on the link. Also, because you are a very valued sales coach now, community member and podcast listener, you can receive a very special price for Sales Camp. So if you want to come to Sales Camp, we offer 10 a year between Minnesota and San Diego. 
And we'd love to see you out at a live event. You can simply email me at contact at sales coach now and mention sales camp in the email. Just say that you heard about it on the podcast and we'll let you know what that super secret special price is for you. So reach out to us. And finally, if you love the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are and let other people know about the show and also share it with your friends because if it's helped you, it might help someone else. And we're just grateful for you. All right. With that, let me tell you about Ron. He says he's an average guy from humble working class roots. Ron brings a unique perspective to every engagement. He gets people, he gets people and loves to entertain, challenge and teach all at the same time. Ron took the long, rocky route to leadership skills. He made mistakes, stumbled and screwed up. Can relate to that. But he was Mm -hmm. diligent, continued to learn from every experience and improve his skills. As a lifelong learner, he has diligently sought to improve himself in all aspects of business life. With 30 years of business and leadership experience and 10 years as a business owner, Ron understand what it, understands what it means to get things done, to solve problems, to align employees. In the second half of his career, Ron has embraced the titles of trainer and entrepreneur, and this is what he's most proud of. In addition to his role leading a training and development firm, Ron is senior adjunct faculty at the University of Laverne in Southern California. Ron aspires to walk a mile in the other guy's shoes, understand a problem from the inside out. He offers advice that is both candid and contextually sensitive. No generalities and platitudes here. You can expect practical, actionable concepts that you can apply today. Ron is eager to offer you his expertise. So let's take all of our listeners back. Because okay, mm-hmm. I think this is a really interesting story. So we met through the Inland Empire Women's Business Center. Shout out to Michelle Skilgen and her team there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? Great, like how many people that they, they do. Right. I mean, I launched my workshops there because Michelle said, well, why don't you come and hold them here? And just made it easy for me to do. So take me back. You're you're at Sales Camp, but you didn't have a business yet. Or you were no, just thinking oh about God, starting. No. Yes. So tell no, us. I mean, for, yeah. I think there was a seed of an entrepreneur in me from a very long time ago. And in 2009, I was a general manager of a manufacturing plant here in Southern California. But if I can be really honest, I was bored out of my mind. And <laughs> I, was, I was actually volunteering for the Inland, Inland Empire Women's Business Center as a consultant, just doing it for fun, doing it for something to help yeah. others. And they mentioned you in the, in the workshop that you were going to hold. And they, they said, well, you're volunteering for us, so do you want to attend? And I'm like, I need to learn how to sell, sure. And that's the, the reason that we met. I mean, yeah. and such an important class. And the timing couldn't have been better because my company actually launched on April 1st of 2011. Figured it was the perfect day to start a new career, <laughs> right? right. Uh, two years later, I still had old employees going, were you serious? Are you coming back? Uh, no, no joke, man. I mean, uh, here I am going into my 10th year as an entrepreneur. And that, that the value that I got out of that course, I mean, it, it overcame a few very important barriers. That, and that's, that's why I reached out to you to say, hey, I got something really powerful and here we are 10 years later and I'll never forget the day that you did that exercise on beliefs around money. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. Let's just start there because I guarantee you there are listeners all over the world who are thinking maybe they have a part-time business. Maybe they're still thinking about starting their business. So what was that limiting belief about money and how did it relate to you being an entrepreneur and, and growing your own business? Well, here's the thing. I, I had never actually uncovered that belief before, and, and that's really why I'm, I have such gratitude toward you and what you do. 
I grew up in a in a middle class family that was all you know blue collar roots, all about going you know work per hour, and that's what I did for the first 23 years of my career, and I had absolutely no understanding of what it meant to start your own business. To even the whole sales thing, I mean, I had no context for that. I mean, I had some friends who were salespeople, but and I loved them, but it just never crossed my mind. It was not part of my experience, and no. It, it's just no way to do it. So I think the biggest thing that, that the change in, in belief led to was some of the fear that I had around stepping out from, you know, the security of a paycheck sure. uh, was overcome by changing my, my belief around money. And that really, it just set everything in motion. I mean, it was already in motion, but that accelerated. It was a catalyst, if you will, to actually moving forward. Now, you might go, well, why did it take you two years? Well, I had a lot of things to overcome. And the money thing was one of the biggest ones. And But there are others that I still had to do as well. Sure. Can you share, can you unpack that belief a little bit more with us around, like specifically as it relates to money? Was that, that money, like I could start a business and money would still show up for me? Or right. what was it about? Well, it was, it's really funny, and I actually use this in some of my training classes because limiting beliefs are such a critical factor in people's success. I mean, what you believe really dictates who you become and what results you get. So I remember you did this exercise, and you had everybody sit comfortably in the chair and close your eyes and do some, some deep breathing and really get comfortable. And then at that, that critical moment, you, you said you're going to say a word and you want to want us to blurt out the first thing that comes to mind. So the first word was money. And just like that, what came to me, I could never make enough. And I thought, that's the most horrid belief about money I could possibly have. I didn't even know I had that belief. And what was funny is that a little bit of a critique, right? You said, all right, turn it around, write the opposite on the piece of paper and start to believe that. I think that was kind of the way you said it. And I'm like, oh no, that dog won't hunt for me. I got to go deeper on this. And I started because, you know, I'm a, I'm a continuous improvement kind of guy. I did a five why on it, right? Ask why until you get to the root of that belief. And I started digging in and the deeper I went, I realized something. The reason that I could never make enough, if this isn't going to make a real connection, but at the, at the fifth why was I hate what I do to earn it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I like looked at that and I'm like, Oh my God, I hate what I do. And I knew I did. I was bored mm -hmm. out of my mind. I knew I did. I was living somebody else's program, working right. in a business that wasn't my own. And I thought, you know, that's not right. That's not who I want to be. And I thought, cause I couldn't do the opposite belief from I can never make enough. What I, but what I could do is, when I got down to, because I hate what I do, have to do to earn more, I changed it into, I live my gifts and the money follows. Hmm. And within three months of that class, I had a $15,000 contract to do a little bit of consulting and something that was, it was like, it was the simplest bit of work I'd ever done in my life. And I'm like, you're going to pay me 15 grand for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so it, it really just validated that, what you believe about money is going to dictate the results you get. And there were other opportunities that came after that one that just continued to validate live your gifts and money follows. So in two, by 2011, I'm like, I got to do this. I can't not do it anymore. And it's time. It's time to live my gifts. 
And yeah, the money's followed. I love it. I love it. So everyone might want to write that one down. I live my gifts and the money follows. I love no, that. I copyrighted it. They can't have it. I'm okay. <laughs> just put it. Yeah. Put a copyright, put it, just give Ron credit. If you put that anywhere for sure. I love it. And <laughs> so good. Oh, this is so good. So you're right too. I mean, it's, just when we think we're all done with a belief, like they, there could be a layer to it. And, oh, yeah. and yeah. I mean, we can spend a lot of time uncovering, but I also, one of the things I've become really clear on in the last few years. So if you went to sales camp today, it'd be very different than the three day selling with intention intensive you went to before, because things have right. shifted in terms of how fast you can change a belief and how we do it now. Right. One of the things that we found is, is really focusing, like doing the work and also focusing on the, that new belief. And the second, the second you start to see evidence for that new belief to start to keep track of that, which is exactly what you did, right? So the second you you took it on a few months later, this $15,000 deal shows up, right? So that strengthens right. your belief. And every time you see that every next thing time. happen, it strengthens the belief more. So, so you work through the money belief, money starts to show up. Did you have any limiting beliefs about the actual sales process or closing the sale or asking people for money? Was there anything that any limiting beliefs there that you worked on? Um, well, I don't want to disappoint you, but no. I really didn't. <laughs> Good. Because I, there was something that was going on subconsciously. I mean, before I became an author, I had a tendency to collect author friends. I don't know why. Okay. I just like, I was, I had an affinity for people that did what I wanted to do. Yeah. But by the time I came to your class, four of my closest friends are professional salespeople. And, uh. um, it's really hard to have a negative belief about salespeople if, the people that you love most in this life are salespeople. Yes, if that for makes sure. Sense. So yeah. I had been going through that process of, of collecting friends. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but not like, at all. You, I get it. Like you were, just, and they had these new beliefs. They were, you were attracting people who had these really great and, beliefs. About yeah. Selling. I yeah. mean, that's really, that's probably a better word. I, I used to word collecting, but attracting and bringing people <laughs> into my life that I have an affinity for and the sales process. Now I will say that even in your class, there's, there is still a belief. Well, maybe I'm not sure if it's a belief or just part of my personality that's still there. Um, I have a, you know, if you're familiar with the DISC model, I have a D style very. personality. I'm very yes. driven, very goal oriented. I love getting things done and I don't like not being in control. <laughs> so think about the sales process. There's a moment where you put the ball in the hands of the prospect and you need a decision from them to come towards you. And I hate that part. I hate, I hate the rejection part. And so one of the things that I've had to do is learn to use, not use, wrong word, learn to really get good at relationship building so that the trust is there right from the yes. very beginning. And then, you know, that, that control thing is irrelevant when trust is present. Right. Because for those of you who don't know the DISC assessment, D, what, what Ron's talking about, D is like that driving personality. We want to make decisions. I have an adaptive D. Well, that's when I took the DISC assessment. So I yeah, tend to have an I, but an adaptive D in the business setting. So, so we have to slow down for certain personality types and really make sure right. we're making the connect because we can already see how we can help you. But if we didn't make that connection and you're an S or a C on the DISC assessment, you're going to be like, forget it. We have not connected yet. However, right. if Ron and I are in a sales conversation, we're going to be like, just show me. Okay. Yeah. I already said yes. Just show me the bottom line. I want to sign. Yeah, sign <laughs> I'm, I'm in. <laughs> right? And so for those of you who haven't studied the DISC assessment, I'm sure Ron will tell us more at the end on how we can learn more about that. But it's, it's, it is powerful to understand 
personality types at a minimum. I always tell, right. I always tell my, our clients that at a minimum, you can read people pretty quickly simply by noticing how fast they talk. Like Mm -hmm. what's the cadence? Like you can pick up on a lot of that pretty quickly and just, and match them where they are. So, uh, Oh, you said something, the sales process. Oh, the, so the, Yes, when you hand that piece over and that's that loss of control. One of the things I want to just I want to chat with you really quickly about is the the one of the things that we talk about is the yes no or the next step, right? So mm-hmm. part of if you if we don't get a clear yes and we don't get a clear no, is there a next step on the calendar? And for us drivers, that really helps too. Like if someone can't yeah. make a decision, I just want to remind the listeners like it's always good to get that next step on the calendar because that keeps keeps you moving the sale forward and also gives them a sense of control as well. And if I may, I mean, one of the other things about, yes, I mean, that next step, I've really embraced the idea of yes and. Yeah. Say more about that. I mean, there's there's two ways that this is really powerful. Because first of all, if you're in that moment of loss of control, yes and allows you, if they come back and they say something like it's an objection, for instance, agree with them. Just agree with them. Yes Mm -hmm. and. And you can get continue the conversation in another way. And that is one of the things that I've really enjoyed getting to do. So when I hear objections, I just smile now. I mean, it's like, okay, obviously I haven't really explained what I'm saying in a, in a powerful enough way. So yes, you're absolutely right. And let's look at this. Right. And I love that. So give us a real world example. So what, what's a common objection that you hear? Because we know that an objection isn't a no. A lot of times it's like clarity. It's a buying signal. It's like, they're still talking to you. They're still moving forward. So give us an example of when you get calm, like pretty often and what, how do you handle it? So probably the biggest one is I'm just thinking about a very large organization I was trying to close a deal with and I got a, um, I'm sorry, Ron, um, it's not going to work out because our legal department is not interested in, in an agreement at this in signing your agreement. And I'm like, excellent. So they have a problem with the agreement. Okay, fantastic. So let's look at how else we could make, create some value with, within your organization and where we don't have to go through and have a, an extended contract in place. So it, it becomes, yeah. it's just, it's something that's put in front of you as a deal breaker, but I mean, how do you get around it? Sure. How do you, how do you agree that that's a problem and uh, yeah. let's, let's look for a, a different way to approach this. That's excellent. So, so it's acknowledging yeah. them, acknowledging where they are. And then it's like, okay, at the same time, you still told me you wanted me to train all of your frontline managers <laughs> exactly. and get to, <laughs> and that's a real problem for you. So let's, how could we still figure this out? That's excellent. And, like to, to ask a question back, go ahead. No, I was just just thinking, you got me thinking about something else that I love to do, which is whenever I do a proposal, it's, hey, let's do this together. You know, you think about it from the point of view of a lot of sales conversations, it's, you know, I'm on one side of the table, you're on the other, and we're squared off against each other in a conflict mode. And to me, that's like, no, that's not where we want to be. So think about instead of face to face, how do you get side by side? And if we are side by side solving a problem together, then all of a sudden the barriers don't exist anymore in the same way. And you may need to get creative in finding a solution to the problem, but uh, that's your job anyway. Yeah, let's figure it out. Let's figure out how to get you what you want. Excellent. So was there a moment in your business where you had like your biggest month ever or where there was more money than there were bills or just this, I don't know. (laughs) 
more the moment than there was when, money right, more money when than you, there was month. When you doubled your sales. And what did you believe about money and your business and selling then at that point? There have been a couple of times. Um, my business is a little different than a traditional sales business. I mean, I, I sell consulting and training services, so it's, it's a slow organic growth for the most part. But there have been a couple of times in the, in the nine years that I've been in business where it's, it's made a step change. You know, it doubled in around, around 2014 when I went from a solopreneur to a organization that had employees where the pro programs that I offer, I could do through some very talented employees. So that was the first one. And I think that that was a really important breakthrough because, you know, I, I'm a very avid reader. And one of the books that was very influential in my life was The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And sure. that tra the trap of being the, the employee who's got the worst boss in the world, yourself. Right. <laughs> no days off. And, you know, I mean, just I've I've been haunted by that the entire nine years just to make sure I get up out of the business mm -hmm. to grow the business rather than being its number one employee. And yeah, so when it, when it doubled the first time and I was able to bring employees in and, and push them forward as these value delivering excellent people, I mean, that, that to me started to break through that paradigm of let's work on it rather than in it. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was a really important moment for me. So I, when we're working with entrepreneurs, this is of course, one of the places people stop, right? They get, they, they max out, they're working all the time. They've truly just created the worst job that they could ever imagine yeah, because they're they the do. ones doing, they're doing everything. They're wearing a lot of hats, especially for women business owners. Women start a business and they are the team. Men start a business and they hire a team more, they hire a team faster. And so it's one of the places where fun and women, whenever I say that, they're like, yeah, that's true. I'm still the team. So what would you say to someone who's listening, who, they know that's next, right? But a lot of times the money to right. do that, like it, it's oh like gosh, yeah. we, the bridge, right? So what, any advice that you have there on how you made that yeah. quantum leap from? Okay, that, believe it or not, I'm actually writing a book about that right now because, and I, I'll give you some of, the, some of the insights from the book, but I also want to say that, you know, I started my business in my mid forties and in the midst of the, the recovery from the great recession with no no physical capital. I mean, it, talk about a perfect storm of stupidity, if you will. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't know what, right. what I was getting right. in for. Right, that's the whole thing, right. Never, never <laughs> was, a good time. I was dumb and eager, right? But mm -hmm. it worked out. And the some of the advice I would offer, probably the most important one is, is manage your cash flow as if you're a frugal miser. Do not waste money on anything. I had somebody come up to me that were going to start a business and they're like, Hey, Ron, I'm going to rent this office and I'd like you to go house with it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> right. I'm like, really? Why not? I'm like, I don't spend money on locations. I, you know, don't, don't ever put any unnecessary expense into your business when you're starting out. Save yes. that for when you're making the transition to adding employees, because you have no idea what it's like to make um, payroll every other week or every month. And they come first, not you. And if, if they don't, then you don't have employees. Trust me. So save the money. And I think the other thing is don't, and this is going to sound counterproductive or counterintuitive or perhaps, but pay them as much as you possibly can afford mm. and, and then hire the best. So true. Yes. Because if you go cheap on price, 
and you're going to get what you pay for. And they're right. going to they're going to self-adjust to whatever they think they're worth based on what you're paying them. I pay people richly. I I'm not in this business to to get rich on somebody else's back. I think we got to help other people be successful too. So, mm-hmm. you know, when I hire a trainer, I I'm giving them more than most people think is reasonable on purpose because yeah. they stay with me forever. Right. And then because I do that, then they start to build a book of business on their own. And once I'm there, okay, now mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about paying them because they're going to pay for themselves. I think another way to say that too is you're, you're in it for the long haul. Absolutely. And I think so many people want to get into the business, in any business, and they think that it's like, I'm going to be you know, driving that new Mercedes in just two months. And if you don't put money back into the business, you're, you're not going to have a business. I mean, I, I, I drove the same used car for so many years and then I got the next used car and it was a nice used car. I didn't, but I didn't overspend on it, but all my money was going back into the business and back into my people. And I mean, we're, if you're not in it for the long haul, like it's, it's not worth it. And I'm not saying like, don't have nice things. I'm saying, make sure you're prepared when you get nice things. Right. Yeah. And that's not, and that can't be why you're in the business. It's if you're in, if you're being an entrepreneur to make money, uh, you're missing the point. (laughs) I mean, eventually we hope it catches up. Right. Eventually it will catch up. The money follows. It doesn't come right right away. It follows. Right. It catches up. It catches up. All right. We have so much I want to cover yet. This is so good. I, so a lot of people are going to be curious. Okay. You, you know, that first deal showed up. I didn't forget that $15,000. And of course you're still in business. So many thousands of dollars have followed and you have Mm -hmm. a team and you have to pay them. So we know how many thousands of dollars and you pay them richly. So when you look back at your trajectory, what would you say are the top two strategies, sales strategies that you used to get where you are today Yeah, to grow the company? Yeah. And, and it really has been because in the early years of being an entrepreneur, you're going to experience something that's called a sawtooth effect, where if you're out selling, guess what you're not doing? You're not earning. Because you've got to do the work to earn the pay, right? Earn the, earn the contract. And when you're earning the pay, you're not selling. So what happens is you earn it, and then it does this. And then you go out and you get more, and it, you know, it's just like this sawtooth. So I think one of the first ways that I overcame that was – get a couple of really important base customers that have longer term contracts. I mean, everything about my business, it's not like one and done. It's like, let's form a long-term relationship. So that word relationship is really key. You want to be excellent at what you do and deliver value such that people want to do business with you on a recurring basis. It can't be one and done. In fact, there have been times where I went into a client engagement and I'm expecting to see 15 people in a training class and there's three. And I'm like, really? Three? And I thought to myself, okay, strategic moment. And there's this really good wisdom on this. Do not begrudge the day of small beginnings. Mm. Doesn't matter how many people are in the room. What Mm -mm. matters is, is how you can transform their lives. So whatever you do, just do it to the best of your ability, build the right relationships and, you know, build, get, don't, don't put all your eggs in that one basket so that you're dealing with the sawtooth, but make sure that you're, you're developing contracts, longer term contracts with the number of clients you can handle, right? Don't go beyond that because then you're going to, you're going to erode value. But, you know, I started my, my business in, in 
in that third year that I was talking about earlier, it was because I, I got up to three regular contracts that, you know, when one was down, the other one was up, and when they're both down, the third one was up. So it just, it started to do this instead of Sure. Yeah. Yes. So how did you, let's take a step back. So I, I agree, like, and I know in our community, we talk a lot about that, that the long-term relationship with a client and how valuable that is. And take a step back though. How did you, how did you even find those relationships or how did they find you in the beginning? Was it through networking? Was it through speaking? Like what were the strategies you used specifically? Well, you know what? I got to tell you this really fun little story and this won't work for everyone, but I want you to consider that when your beliefs change that, and you get to a point where if you live your gifts, money follows, there's, there's something to that. And here's the thing. I was in a meeting one day with some external organizations that wanted to do some training in the company that I was working for. And I overheard a service provider say to someone else at the table, we don't have a trainer for that. And I would never have heard that statement had I not been in a different mental place and, and starting to prepare to go into a new career. And I, after the meeting was over, and a couple hours later, I called that person up and I said, hey, so-and-so, during the meeting, I couldn't help but overhear you say you didn't have a trainer for X. And they said, yeah. And I said, well, what was it that you didn't have a trainer for? And she told me that they didn't have a trainer for something that I actually had a, an advanced skill set in. <laughs> so, I, and I'm like, well, you think that's a coincidence, not a chance. That, so I, said, yeah. I said to her, well, you know, I actually am an expert in that area and I love to train. Could we talk? And that's really, that's where my first contract came from. And that was in 2010. And guess what? They're still one of my, my number one clients today. I love it. So synchronicity. So that meaningful coincidence happened because you had clarity on what you wanted to create. You'd shifted your money belief. So you were open to, so like yeah. when we shift a belief, we can see the opportunity. So then you heard it and you saw it, you were willing to walk through it. That's the part that we forget. Then we have to do the yeah. thing. <laughs> you got to do the thing. It's like make the call and say hello and take the risk. And you know, Ask. it could have been that she said, well, we're do we don't have a trainer for basket weaving. And I'd be like, Oh, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> right. The, the perfect next opportunity showed up because you asked for it. So the great part is we know synchronicity matters when, when you know what you want and then that next step shows up and then we have to be willing to walk through it. Yeah. So let me, let me share a little joke with you. It's, it's, it, some of your li listeners may find this funny. I mean, I've got a really weird sense of humor, but there's something, there's something called the confirmation bias. Okay. And the confirmation bias is, is that the human brain actually has a whole lot of things. I mean, you talked about limiting beliefs, but the confirmation bias is, is that once we start to believe in something, we start to look for evidence to support it. And to the exclusion of all evidence that disconfirms that belief. So this is really fun little joke about the confirmation bias. You know, like when I finally learned about the confirmation bias, I started to see it everywhere. <laughs> Amen, right? Yes. <laughs> So you really got to be careful. I mean, what you believe affects the way you see the world. And if you start to change it and open your mind up to new perspectives, especially around, you know, difficult topics like money or, you know, sales, if you've never been in a sales role, it can really op 
you know, open up doors of opportunity. But as we talked about earlier, you have to walk through it. You can't just look at it and go, hey, there's a nice door and it's open. Wow. No, no, no. Get in the door. Give it a shot and take a risk. Yes, because you will see it. And that that's the heart. I mean, and I feel like there's so much that we don't even understand about our beliefs, our mind, like the quantum physics and quantum science is starting to show us things that are pretty, you know, believable, but also unbelievable. I want to make sure we have time, Ron, at the end, because we know you're an expert here in helping frontline managers get the results and thrive in their roles. Mm -hmm. I know that's your passion. I know you can Absolutely. talk about it all day. I'd love for you to give us just two to three strategies that you teach your clients. So we can get a taste of what you do and how you help them. Yeah. Well, here's one of the most important things that I do is that I try and teach people how to wake up. And I'm not talking about like they're yawning and they're asleep in the classroom. What I'm saying is, is that operating at a high level of self-awareness is a necessity for success in any domain, whether it's in sales or in leadership or in quality or in research. It doesn't matter. The more aware you are of how you present yourself, and how you interact with others, the more successful you will be. Because most people are walking around semi-conscious. They're so stuck in habit-based realities that they don't even realize that they're not conscious, consciously choosing what they're doing. But if you're the one that's consciously choosing it, I want you to imagine. I mean, how many times do you walk up to somebody and go, how are you doing? And what do they say? Some people go, how are you doing? I never quite got that. You answer a question with a question. But my favorite one is the person that goes, well, I'm not bad. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't ask you how you weren't. You see, they're, they're not really awake. They're not expecting to have to answer that question. It's just a social kind of norm that we follow. So the first thing and the most important thing that I teach people is we need to wake up and engage intentionally with the world around us. And when you do that, You'll be shocked at how many opportunities present themselves to create different outcomes. How many times do you see somebody that's, that's gotten to a place, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. I mean, like, that's like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And the reason that they get there is because they reacted their way into that situation and they've got no strategy on how to create a different outcome. And the person that's awake enough to realize, hey, this is going down a familiar road. I've lived this, this definition of insanity before. Let's try something else. Let's try a different approach. And this is, has real significant value in the sales world as well because, I mean, think about it. Sales and leadership are almost the exact same thing. We're trying to convince somebody to do something that, that's good for them that they may or may not want to do. So my first strategy is to wake people up and teach them how to engage intentionally. And... And then I will take them deeper into how to build relationships that work, not just the kind of superficial kind of, you know, everyday relationships that we have, but actually creating trust-based professional relationships where employees trust supervisors and vice versa, because trust is the currency of leadership. And if you get that, then you can be successful. And if you don't know that, you're done. You may as well give up now. So... I'm going to stop there because I could talk about both of those topics for a very long time. I would, I would add to tie that back to sales and leadership, because I think they're very close. Trust is also the currency of sales, right? Like yes, it's, absolutely. It's the same. Beautiful. This is a perfect place to find out how do we get more from you, Ron? So uh, I know you have a couple different ways that we can connect with yeah. you and some cool things that we can get. 
And also tell us if anyone wants to book you to come out um, for an event. Tell us about that too, please. Yeah. Okay. Well, a couple of different ways. I, I have two published books. One is an Amazon bestseller. So, I mean, if you look Ron, Ron Hurst up on Amazon, you'll find both of my books and you can purchase them through Amazon if you're interested. If you come to my website at developingleadersinc.com and sign up for our mailing list, I mean, I, can, I would love to engage with you. I'll give you a free copy of my, my Amazon bestseller, The Snafu Principle, How to Communicate Effectively as a Leader. And I'll also give you a, a free 30-minute strategy session where together we can actually develop a, a plan for how you can become more effective in your role and overcome some of the challenges that you're, you're dealing with. So the best way to get a hold of me is through our website, developingleadersinc.com, so I-N-C, right? And um, I, I guess the other thing is, is that I, I'm a professional speaker as well, so I'm happy to come out and talk to groups and engage them. Because I have that D personality style, one of the things that's different about me is I love to get up in people's faces, not in a very professional way, but, I think people aren't challenged enough to be successful. And what I like to do is, you know, when somebody feeds me a line of, oh, that'd be really nice, well, what are you gonna do with it? <laughs> so I have a lot of fun moving into a space where I'm helping people be successful and pulling them into that success so that they can, they can experience the same thing that I do. And that, so the best way is through my website, developingleadersinc.com. Tell us about your coaching program. You have a one-on-one -on -one private leadership acceleration program. Yeah, that I. Most of the work that we do is is through organizations and group setting, but I keep a very small group of one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. And I've recently had a couple people graduate, and I've got three spots open right now. So if somebody really wants to develop a leadership expertise in their capacity within their organization, there's a great opportunity to spend some one-on-one -on -one time with me. I mean, it's very rare that you can do coaching one-on-one, -on -one, especially like in an internet age. I mean, everybody seems to have group coaching programs, but I think one-on-one -on -one where your problem becomes the center of what we work on improving, that's the best way to go. And typically, you know, it's a weekly coaching engagement. Typically, a, a six-month engagement would be a $7,000 investment, but for your listeners, I'd love to do something a little bit different and give them the opportunity. If they reach out to me and connect, I will reduce that down to $5,000 and make it a little bit more effective for them, and they'll still get the same one-on-one -on -one time with me, and you know, I guarantee it will transform the way you think about leadership and the results that you get. That's awesome. So for our listeners, Again, go to developingleadersinc.com. Get the, just for sure, get the free ebook. That's amazing. The Snafu Principle. And plus you get a free 30 minute leadership strategy session. And then if you have, you know, want some additional help in this area and support, reach out to Ron through his website and find out about his one-on-one -on -one leadership acceleration coaching program. You're getting $2,000 off. That's a huge value for a six month program. That's awesome for all that kind of support, private support. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that opportunity for all of our listeners. Yeah. Last but not least, Ron. So in 30 seconds, this is the question. Some of our listeners might be having their best year in business and they're out there, they're crushing it. They're happy. They listen to the show mm -hmm. and they stay motivated. Somebody else might be having their worst day and they're thinking, why did I even start this business? What was I think? I'm miserable right now. I'm thinking of just throwing in the towel. I don't know what to do. What's your best advice for them? When you're, 
whether you're having your best day or your worst day, the most important thing that you can do is to take a few minutes, take a step back mentally, and ask yourself, what am I doing that's working? What am I doing that's not working? What can I learn from this particular event? The, the most important thing for all of your listeners to realize is that yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not guaranteed. The only moment that you get is right now. And if you're not learning from your past and preparing for your future, you're losing the opportunity. So I don't care whether it's your worst day, your best day, or somewhere in between. Every moment is an opportunity to dig in, make sure you're reflecting on what happened, and come up with a, a plan of something that you can change and experiment with so that you can do better tomorrow. Awesome. Perfect. All right, Ron, thank you so much for being part of our Sales Coach Now community. Oh, my and after pleasure. all these years, it's so good to be connected again. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. I want to thank all of our listeners all over the world. I love hearing from you. Email me at contact at salescoachnow.com. Go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift to get six secrets to doubling your sales. It's free. It's a PDF. And also, I'd love to see you out at a sales camp live event this year. Contact at salescoachnow.com to find out more. Just email us and make this your most epic month yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.